This is Daniel Vaughn. I'm the barbecue editor at Texas Monthly. I'm here with Brian Williams to talk about whole hog barbecue. Uh, and this is race, violence, and medicine. y'all welcome to race violence and medicine i'm dr brian williams your host and i'm sitting here with the barbecue snob daniel vaughn who was also one of the top five all-time downloads from his episode back in season one which was called i can't remember what it was called about it was uh i don't either yeah, I'm sure barbecue was in it. Barbecue title. was in it. Oh, yeah. It was titled, What Does Barbecue Have to Do with Race, Violence, and Medicine? That was the title. But go check out that episode, one of the top five all-time downloads where Daniel talked about his uh, job where he used to travel around Texas sampling barbecue and writing up about it. But he also weaved in a very interesting narrative about the history of race and actually racism in barbecue joints within Texas. And he took me to the oldest barbecue joint in Dallas at that time. Yeah, the oldest black-owned barbecue joint. Yeah, we went to Hardeman's Barbecue. Hardeman's Barbecue. Little shout-out there, and I don't get any... Uh, uh, they're not a sponsor, but it was pretty good. Anyways, Daniel, thanks for joining us again on Race, Violence, and Medicine. Happy to be here. All right, this is kind of an impromptu. We're actually, the families are out here meeting today for lunch. It is Sunday afternoon. The kids are playing out in the sand. And Daniel mentioned to me that his new book came out almost a year ago. And the plan was at the time to have him come on the show and talk about it. But I was remiss, and I let that slip. But, 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 but we're here now to talk about that. Well, I understand. You've got more important things going on in your life right now than keeping up on the latest barbecue cookbooks. But, yeah, Whole Hog Barbecue came out last year uh, with Sam Jones. I, I co-wrote it with him. So it's a bit of a departure from my normal writings about Texas barbecue. Headed over to the Carolinas to uh, research and eat a whole lot of Whole Hog Barbecue. So as far as race, violence, and medicine goes, like, it's the most obviously violent form of barbecue because when you open up that pit, you just see a whole dead hog sitting right there. There's no, uh, yeah, it's not a cut of meat. It is, it's the whole thing right there in your face. All right, so we're, we're not going to sit here and glorify slaughtering animals, but hey, all, 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 um, in full disclosure, Daniel is also my neighbor and uh, a very close friend, uh, but also. He's, you're highly sought after for your opinions about barbecue. But for those that didn't actually hear the first episode, give us a, just a brief snippet about what you found on your research for your first book. And that was, and that was called? Uh, the first book was The Prophets of Smoked Meat. And uh, researching that, I... And you wanted the IPA, right? The 90-minute IPA? Yes, I did. Thank you. That's right. We're, we're getting lunch, and we had a little of um, the server here. Want to double check our order, so we're good. Back to the show. Yeah, it's a it, well. It's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful Sunday, and so we had to order a couple of beers. But uh, what I thought was pretty funny is that we're here at a place not known for barbecue at all. But the first thing my daughter was drawn to was the uh, stuffed baked potato stuffed with Texas brisket. So, uh, but yeah, uh, that's uh, certainly something you'd find more over in East Texas. 
Uh, which, you know, when I was researching my first book, it was really about travel in the state and, uh, and exploring the different barbecue cultures around the state. Uh, oftentimes, Texas barbecue is sort of, um, I don't know, people try to distill it as, as one thing. And, um, you know, Texas barbecue contains multitudes. Uh, depending on the part of the state you're in, um, the style of barbecue is going to be completely different. And the things that pitmasters, barbecue joint owners, and customers value is going to be different as well. So the interesting thing about that, you told us during that first interview, was how some of the black-owned joints back then were actually segregated. So the owners were actually segregating their, um, their businesses in order to stay afloat. Yeah, uh, well, uh, black-owned joints and white-owned joints, of course, were segregated. Some some white-owned joints didn't uh, didn't, of course, allow black customers at all. Uh, I got to talk to um, got to talk to a guy who right now runs uh, Real Barbecue in Shreveport. Talked to him, let's see, about a month ago, and he was talking about growing up in Midland, Texas, in the '60s, and the fact that uh, all of his memories were from these black-owned barbecue joints. I asked him about a few other places that were white-owned, and he's like, well, I don't really know anything about those. We weren't allowed in. And it's just that reminder that, like, there are still people alive today, uh, not that old today, who had to experience not being able to go into different barbecue joints. Now, uh, we talked specifically about Patillo's barbecue last time down in Beaumont, and uh, it was a black-owned barbecue joint, still operating today, the oldest family-owned barbecue joint in Texas, the oldest black-owned barbecue joint in Texas, but in the time of segregation, they chose to be a white barbecue joint to allow white customers, uh, which meant they couldn't allow black customers to eat in their regular dining room, so they had like tables set up in the kitchen for their black customers, which... Uh, I mean, I certainly can't imagine having to make that decision um, as a black barbecue joint owner to be a, a white-friendly barbecue joint rather than a black-friendly barbecue joint. Yes, hearing that story, I should not be surprised, but when I, it just sounds unfathomable to me that that had to be done. But certainly, actually, again, no surprise, and I can't imagine what it's like to be that individual well, making that decision. Well, and to go further, like, they, they had to make this choice, too, because... Um, they were originally on Forsyth, Forsyth Street. It's a tough one to enunciate properly, but um, so they were on Forsyth, and that was the the heart of the black community in Beaumont. Um, I mean, it was hopping. It, it was compared to Harlem, like it was just so 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 popular, and and filled with people. So filled with people uh, on the weekends that. Like you couldn't even allow, um, they couldn't even allow traffic, uh, car traffic, because there were just so many people on the street. Um, but there were um, there were race riots in Beaumont, and they targeted Forsyth and ran out a lot of the black businesses, Patillo's being one of them. So, you know, again, this is a decision that wasn't necessarily made for them, uh, where they had a thriving black community that they were able to serve on Forsyth and, until, you know, well, it, until it basically was ravaged from white violence. Right. So that's what you learned during your first book, The Prophets of Smoked Meat. And now that the food is arriving, we'll move on to the your, your latest book, which came out last March. Tell us uh, the title of that and what that is about. Well, it's about whole hog barbecue. And 
specifically Eastern North Carolina whole hog barbecue. I wrote the book along with Sam Jones, who owns Skylight Inn and Sam Jones Barbecue. Two places like just revered across the country for for having great whole hog barbecue. But sort of unlike Texas barbecue that is kind of flourishing across the country and across the world, uh, whole hog barbecue's a style that's kind of dying. Like there's just not a lot of places that are opening that do whole hog barbecue because it's such hard work and it requires uh it's hard to get started in as well because it requires enough of a customer base to sell a whole hog in a day that's a lot of meat right um and so it was one of those things that sam thought it was really important to be able to share all the details about how to cook a whole hog so that sort of in the way that Aaron Franklin's Franklin Barbecue book taught people across the world how you could do a Texas-style brisket and do it well, we wanted to tell the world how you could do whole hog barbecue and do it really well so that, uh, you know, so that maybe more places would see the opportunity to open, to further that style, to, uh, to just simply increase the amount of places in the country willing to take on whole hog. And if, they, if we gave them the tools and gave them the knowledge to be able to do that, then maybe this barbecue style would see a resurgence. And the title of that book is called, again? It's called Whole Hog. Oh, okay. <laughs> you probably said that five times. I think I've got it yeah, by yeah, now. I, no, I've got it. It, it. There's a long subtitle that goes along with it as well. But, yeah, Whole Hog by, by Sam Jones and Daniel Vaughn. And available in Amazon and bookstores. Yes, available all over the place. Uh, uh, Ten Speed is our publisher, so you can certainly uh, go to their website and see wherever you can find it. Um, and, yeah, if you find me in Dallas, I'll be happy to to sign it for you as well. All right, so you're pretty active on social media. Where can our listeners track you down? Uh, on Instagram and on Twitter, I am at BBQ Snob uh, for both of those, so you can find me there. Uh, and I'm happy to answer questions about where to find good Texas barbecue, where to find good whole hog barbecue. Um, actually, recently, I'm the barbecue editor at Texas Monthly, and so I recently wrote an article about whole hog in Texas, which is a crazy thing to think about just a few years ago. But, you know, eastern North Carolina-style whole hog barbecue, there are now five places in Texas where you can get it at least on a, on a, you know, on a periodic basis. So, there's a few of them doing it every day, a few of them doing it like once a week. Um, right here in, in Dallas, we've got Cadillac Barbecue, who even uses the same equipment that Sam Jones does, he uses all of, all of his methodology. So uh, if you want to get a taste of Eastern North Carolina-style barbecue, you can do it in Dallas, which is crazy to think about. All right, before our last question, Daniel. Remember, you can find him on Instagram and Twitter at BBQ Snob. But when you're doing, when you're doing your long road trips around Texas, going and sampling these uh, different barbecue joints, usually by yourself, and I'm guessing you, you have the windows open and you're just blaring music. Wh who do you have in heavy rotation when you're traveling around Texas? Well, right now, I mean, it's Sturgill Simpson. Um, he's got five different albums out, and his latest one, um, the the sound and the fury, I blast that one pretty heavily. Like it's just an album that's meant to be blasted, and when you're when you're traveling alone, you can have it as loud as you want. So yeah, that one is the one that I've been listening to here the most recently. 
All right, let's check that out. Check that one out, Sturgill Simpson. All right, thank you all for joining us. This has been Race, Violence, and Medicine. I'm Dr. Brian Williams. We've been here with my good friend, Daniel Vaughn, who is the barbecue editor for the Texas Monthly. You can track him down Instagram and Twitter at BBQ Snob. You can track me down at my website, brianwilliamsmd.com. And actually, if you go there, you can find the top five downloads from season three top five season three we're into season four now and also it's recently had my first commentary published in the chicago tribune and it's available there as well so go to brianwilliamsmd.com and let me know what you think we'll be back with you again soon daniel vaughn prophets of smoked meat and his latest book whole hog this has been race violence and medicine all right let's eat